welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. <laughs> We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devon, and distracting as ever with that cellophane is Mr. Shane Reeves. When you hear the cellophane come off a cigar, do your ears perk up? Do oh, you yeah. Do you go on point like a bird dog? Absolutely. It's like, hey, what, what, what was that? Now, here's, here's somebody unwrapping a cigar. That's, that's you did. You un, you unwrapped that cigar, and it was about like my girlfriend walking in two weeks ago, where I just went, uh, um, uh, what? Just to, and, <laughs> totally and lost my train of thought. You should. I think you say the intro every night before you go to bed. At this point, don't you? You've been doing it for so long. You've kind of got it ingrained into I, your. This is, we're not quite at a hundred yet, but I'm getting near a hundred times. I've said that intro. It, at least that has rec- made it to other people's ears. I've said it many more times than that. Which 100th episode will be here before we know it. It will be. It's coming up quick. And, you know, I was listening this week. Well, well let's light our cigar. Let's and do then it. let's talk about the 100 episodes and podcasting in general. Okay. I got something special tonight. That looks familiar. I, I reckon that's a Florida Sungrown band, isn't it? It is. This is the new Florida Sungrown limited edition Trunk press Toro. I love that shape. It's a, kind of a pseudo box press. It's a, an oval press. It is an oval press, and I'm actually thinking I'm going to punch tonight. Yeah, I think I'm that thinking, would suit that cigar well. Yeah, it's really kind of the wrong shape for a V cut, and I can always punch it and straight cut it later. Right. You know, we've spoken of the straight cut being the nuclear option. What that might actually be good for, I, I, I agree with your punch. However, a V-cut going across the long axis instead of the short might be a, a fun way to enjoy that cigar. Might very well could be. The the Oliva Master Blend is a similar shape, and I find that it handles that cut very well. So I've smoked a box of the original Florida Sun Growns that mm-hmm. we bought when we went to the barn smoker. Love that cigar. Um, this one is a little different. This one actually uses a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf wrapper. Okay. So they did change the wrapper for this special edition. It has a full leaf of the Florida sun-grown tobacco with Mexican binder and also has some Nicaraguan Honduras fillers. That's got a lot of fun stuff going on in it. Yeah, the um, sun-grown Cuban seed Corojo. So when Jeff Borowitz first introduced this cigar, he actually had two different types of Corojo, a Corojo 98 and a Corojo 99. And he has since moved entirely to the Corojo 99 grown on his farm. Okay. Just to increase production and trying to keep up. Because these are now, that for a long time, they were only available at Corona Cigars in Orlando. Now they're available to Drew Diplomat dealers. So if your local shop, your brick and mortar is a Drew Diplomat dealer, then they can possibly receive these. If they're not a Drew Diplomat dealer, ask them what's on, what's going on. Yeah, then find a new shop. Yeah, hey, well, <laughs> what's the deal? Why are you not a Diplomat dealer? Come on, we got, we got a reputation to upheld. It is a Toro. It is a 6x54, so it's a pretty good size. That's actually probably... Is that the definition of a Toro, or does yes. that feel a little big for a Toro? No, that's about right for a Toro. 54 is, I, I think, bog standard. So, what are you going to be smoking tonight? So, I'm out for a little retribution. I got so upset last week when we had Jonathan on the show and we played the Name That Cigar because this particular cigar was said to have had a uneven cap, which I'm looking at it now and I just don't see it. It, it looks more like a high-top fade 
if I had to, I mean, it's not rounded like most, you'll notice. It, it is pretty flat, but I wouldn't call it uneven. And they also didn't mention my favorite part of this cigar, which is the Anduyo tobacco. Uh, so for those who don't know, I'm smoking the La Aurora ADN or DNA, depending on your particular flavor, this, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, this is one of my favorite cigars. I absolutely love this cigar. So it really <laughs> bothered me that I didn't get this one right the other day, last week when we played that game. So in honor of that, I picked it out to smoke this week. Well, the list of cigars that I thought you would have got of those five cigars is I really thought you would have got the DNA because you and I both have partaken deeply of oh, the I, well of Aurora DNA. I have smoked at least a box of these. I love this cigar. The Because one thing that the description left off that is is what I think is, is so remarkable about the cigar is how savory it is. You The aftertaste when you're done smoking the cigar. So one of the things I talk to a lot of non-smokers or people who are very casual cigar smokers a lot Everyone talks about how they dislike that aftertaste. For me, that's my favorite part of smoking a cigar is that the flavor it leaves on my palate 30 minutes after I'm done smoking it. And I don't think there's any cigar on the market that does it as well as the DNA. It, it's like you've just eaten a steak. It's very salty, very savory. Uh, and, and I've described it on, on previous shows as being sort of meat-flavored. And, but that's where it comes from. It's that really salty, savory flavor, and, and, and I absolutely love that about this cigar. Well, the highest praise I can give for the construction of a cigar, for just strictly the technical aspects of a cigar, is I can smoke this cigar during poker. Right. Because I'm the commissioner at poker. I do a lot of the dealing. I'm always doing it's something. It's a job for you. It is. It, it's, a, it's a labor of love. Yeah. I do love the game, and my wife and I get a lot of joy out of the game, which is growing by leaps and bounds. We've had two tables the last several weeks and keeps growing. I think that comes back down to the fact that we're turning indoor cigar weather. You know, I, I think, think people are coming back inside to smoke, so they might as well come play cards while they're at it. Yeah, I do believe that kind of does it, which, as the weather goes... When you're listening to this podcast, I will be setting astride a tree with Lucille, my faithful muzzleloader, in my hand, awaiting a deer's arrival. See, I will be just as much enraptured, but I will actually be staring at the Grand Canyon when this goes out. I'm headed to Phoenix, so I'm I'm very so I won't be smoking a cigar, which I know you always do when you go deer hunting. But I'm I'm going to be in a, a, a similar revelry. Yeah, I usually, I'll have a cigar on an afternoon hunt, generally on a morning hunt, just because it's hard to smoke a cigar first thing in the morning for me. You get used to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could probably condition myself, but for the most part, I don't like to smoke a cigar first thing in the morning. Um, just, I like to wait till my palate, and my favorite thing, usually when I shoot a deer, that's what I do, is I get out of the tree, and I go sit down at the truck and smoke a cigar and give the deer a chance to wander off and lay down and nature take its course. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cardinal mistakes deer hunters make is if they shoot a deer running out of the stand and trying to run up to see the deer. And I'll give, give the animal peace, give him time, take a cigar's worth. Usually it's a Kentucky Fire Cured. That's my Kentucky Fire Cured moment. Mm-hmm. 
I always have one in the truck. Like it, it sounds like, you know, on TV, they have the, the degree all-in moment on the World Series of Poker. It's like the Kentucky Fire Cure deer-killing moment. That's right. That's Brought my moment. Brought to you moment. by Drew Estate. And the, so it's an exciting time of year. You know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is coming up. It'll be here before we know it. Oh, it's... It, yeah, unbelievable how quick all that stuff comes up. And it almost comes up too quickly because I love the Christmas season. But from the time Sa- Christmas season starts when Santa Claus comes across the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm. I don't start any you're Christmas a, till then. You're not a pre-Thanksgiving guy, huh? No, must must be, not only must it be pre-Thanksgiving or post-Thanksgiving, it must be after Santa crosses the so about line. two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, about two o'clock on Thanksgiving Day, right before we all have the turkey, right before the dog show. Um, you know, traditions are very important to me, and that's my wife and my tradition: is we get up and we cook and we watch the parade as we're cooking, and it's just a one of my favorite days of the year that my wife and I get to share together. That's awesome. So, coming back to cigars, real oh, quick, yes. and I'll um, just touching on something back from the. Um, previous week everyone go to cigaraction.org to be able to get a hold of your senators and your legislators to discuss the premium cigar exemption yeah and this is something that ipcpr put together as as a way to generate a grassroots movement you know there's been a lot of involvement from those who are you know either really deep in the hobby or mostly connected to the industry but you know the power is really in the hands of the consumer and they wanted to just create another avenue to make it really easy, provide some resources for the consumer to get in front of the legislators to be our advocate. Yeah. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Just go there, sign up for their email newsletter. Um, You would be amazed how much a mailing list matters to politicians. Um, It's just, it's amazing how much a little thing by you can make such a big impact in preserving this cigar hobby that we all do love and enjoy. Absolutely. So, moving on, also, for the cigar lover, as we're coming toward the Christmas season, there's a new book out about cigars, and we've never talked about cigar books on the show very much. No, we really haven't. And there's, mostly because there's just not a whole lot to talk about in that regard. Well, you know, um, Donnie Muse from the Alabama shop, wrote a cigar book, The Master Tobacconist Guide to Cigars. Which I think we talked about a few months ago. Yeah, we hit on a few months ago, and Donnie's a very knowledgeable, great guy. If you're ever in Florence, Alabama, he runs the cigar shop down there for Donald, and he does a great job. Outstanding guy. He His career kind of parallels yours. He worked for Calibri for a little while as well, but now he's back, back in the trenches managing oh, okay. a cigar shop working every day with the other people. Just an outstanding guy. But that's not the book I want to talk about tonight. Ah. This is The Cigar, Moments of Pleasure, an advisor cigar book review. And this is built in the classic coffee table book format. Okay. You know, back when people had coffee tables. Do people not have coffee tables anymore? I don't. I haven't had a coffee table in 15 years. Do you have a coffee table? I've got a, a chest, a trunk that I use as a coffee table. I don't know that a coffee trunk... Will, will a book sit on top of your trunk, or oh, is absolutely. it rounded all the no, time? No, it, it's flat top. Oh, okay. It's well. stainless steel and wood and leather. It's, I, I love it. But the photography in this... I'm going to flip this around, and y'all should oh, go wow. take a look. The photography in this of the different Outstanding. people... Outstanding. 
holding cigars. It goes through the entire process of the cigar, of making the cigar, the binders, the fillers. It even has a chapter about nicotine's effect on the brain. Really? So it even talks about So it's how, light reading. <laughs> yeah. So it even talks about how nicotine affects the sensors in your brain and how that leads into the enjoyment of the cigar. It talks about the people making the cigars. I really am looking forward to getting a copy of this book. And I have not purchased one yet, um, primarily because I don't have a coffee table. That's a good reason. I I do think I'll end up purchasing a print copy of this. I rarely ever purchase print books because I read everything on my iPad. See, I'm the exact opposite. I don't read anything. For as much of a tech guy as I am, I do not read on my phone or on my iPad. I am a tangible book guy. See, and that's a great cover. That is. And that's a great cover. It talks about the cigar. I can see this popping up in some cigar shops. What I may actually do is buy a copy and donate it to our shop here. Oh yeah. To set on the count to set on the tables here so people can kind of thumb through it and see some of that. Yeah. But um just really caught my eye as this is a and to call a cigar a moment of pleasure is really kind of an It's right up your alley. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of an apt description because that's really what it's about. It's the moment after you shoot the deer. It's the moment after you get the promotion. It's the moment, you know, one of my friends came to wrestling one night and said, don't don't light your cigars yet. I have an announcement and announced that his wife was pregnant with their first child. And we all got to light our cigars and toast the, the new father. They had been trying for a long time and finally they were pregnant and the baby has since been born and it's a beautiful young girl and it's absolutely wonderful moments in his life that got to be marked by the joy of a cigar that is really the best part about cigar smoking that it really is it's it's the people it's getting to sit down and socialize with other people of your ilk Mm -hmm. and talk to different people and just uh a lot of joy comes out of cigars, and I think that's something that these legislators and that all these people miss and all these people that are worried that, you know, we're all going to get diseases from smoking cigars that and all that. soapbox is really tall tonight, Shane. It is. I'm, I'm crawling back up on it. I, I got off of it, but I had to crawl back up on it. Well, Jonathan stood on it a little while last week, right. so I, I kind of feel like I need to, to, to catch up. But... Um, really a good book. The authors of the book, just so everyone knows, is Hummerston and Aaron, E-H-R-H-O-R-N. They traveled Dominican Republic, Honduras, Nicaragua, Cuba, Indonesia. So they really made the rounds writing this book. It sounds like it. So I'm very excited about this. I think, like I said, I do think I'll be jumping on Amazon and ordering a copy of this. Did they talk about any of the specific, like, farms or factories that they visited, or is it... They do. They go into the different farms, and they actually go into talking about the people. You know, um, we're exposed to a lot of the South American side of cigar production. Seems like with the Drew Estate, um, Cigar Safari, with the... Camp Camachos and with all of those different places in Nicaragua that you can go see cigars made. I'm interested to see what the Indian factories look like, where the Indian tobacco is produced and the cigars are made. I think that I can't wait to get my hands on that. Yeah, I think it'd be very interesting. But moving forward, and uh, by the way, at first blush, the Florida Sun Grown box press, it's a lot lighter than the Florida Sun Growns that I've smoked. Is it? 
It seems to have, it has that good Florida sun-grown flavor, but it does seem like it stepped it back just a little. And I think that may be in response to the market because the Florida sun-grown tobacco does have a very particular flavor to it. Mm -hmm. And this seems like they've stepped it back. Now, I'm only about a half an inch into it. There's also a lot going on in that cigar. I mean, you, you highlighted the recipe, and there's tobaccos from a bunch of different regions and a bunch of different... So I, I could see how some of the strength might get lost in the nuance of all the flavor that's happening. Well, and it's blended by Willie Herrera. And so it's your palate. Yeah, Willie and I share a palate. Willie, great blender. Pretty much anything he makes, I'm probably going to enjoy tremendously. His Nortano is a box press. He tends to lean toward the box press cigars. Well, it's that similar sort of trunk press that that one is, where it's that more ovular shape. I wouldn't call the Nortano quite a full box press. It's yeah, got it, those soft, rounded corners. It doesn't, it doesn't come to a hard razor's edge. Yeah, it's kind of an oblong, I mm. guess would be a better description. But I did do the small punch on this, and it's drawing excellent. Full draw. Um, tell me about the DNA. It's it's everything I knew it was going to be. It's I, one of the things I love about this cigar is that when you first light it up, it hits you with a lot of flavor, and that's that Enduyo tobacco. And then it mellows out a little bit once you get about an inch into it, and then the last third picks right back up where it started, and just takes you home in a really great way. So, in reference to two weeks ago. Two weeks ago on the show, we talked about the Screw Pop Cigar Cutter. Yes. The keychain cigar cutter. and um, That doesn't work, apparently. Apparently, it doesn't work, and uh, we, we may have been a little harsh upon them. Especially having not used it. But they also have created a Screw Pop Pipe Tool. Okay. Does now, this, this one work? Well, it looks as though it would work. What? <laughs> But it, yeah, I knew you, I knew you would laugh when you seen the picture. It actually has a holder on it for a bic lighter. <laughs> and now that being said, you know I know a lot of pipe smokers who swear by bic lighters, and that it's you know the soft flame that it's about. There's no need for anything fancier than that. So I guess I, it makes sense that. So that doesn't go on a keychain. That goes on your lighter. Well, it is set up to go on the keychain because it's just a holder for the lighter to set. So I guess it can go either way. You know, Screw Pop is famous for their keychain tools. It does have a lighter, a tamper, and a, as well as a scoop, as well as a draw poke, and a bottle opener. Everything has a bottle opener. I think, I think that they're just like, hey, let's put one more tool on. Oh, put a bottle opener on it. But it is chrome. It is pretty. Um, I actually think it would more or less hang in my pocket by the lighter holder because I would never yeah. use a Bic lighter. Yeah, that looks like it would catch on just about everything. I'm a, I'm a complete lighter snob. But at a price of fourteen ninety nine, uh, That's not bad. That's only slightly more. I think I pay $8 for the cheap pipe tools around here. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think for the for the inexpensive pipe tool, you're going to pay about $8. So for another 6 bucks, you could have... I've got one of the Calibri pipe tools that looks like a Swiss Army knife, and I think that retails for about 20 25 something like that. So so they may hit a market here. It may. They may hit a market. Um, Especially for, you know, pipe, pipe guys are known for being somewhat like you with your cigars, which is that you always have a kit. You always carry your kit around. So... It, it's great for someone like that who's always going to have the pouch and the, the, and you can just throw it in there and know that you have it. Yeah, and I think I think that is, and 
by virtue of just having to carry the tobacco mm-hmm. for the pipe, it's not like, I mean, have you ever pre-packed a pipe before you smoke it, or do you always nope. pack it? No. I, in fact, I don't know anybody who does, like, pack it before you leave the house just so it's ready to, I, I don't know anyone who does that. And I enjoy my pipes, but that's really a destination smoking for me. That's when I'm going to have, I don't really want another cigar or enough time to have a cigar or I'm just in a pipe mood, I'll have a pipe. Well, and unlike a cigar where I'm going to smoke a cigar when I'm doing other things, a, a pipe is what I'm doing. If I'm smoking my pipe, that's just what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah, that's just going to, it's all income inclusive. Yeah. Well, because if you set it down for 4.6 seconds, it goes out. Yeah. It's just it's one of those things. It's a little iffy. It takes a greater degree of skill. It does, and a lot of practice. But, you know, it is funny. I don't think I know any cigar smokers that haven't at least tried a pipe. No, I don't either. And I'll, even if it's the Kentucky Meerschaum, the corncob pipe. Right, the Kentucky I've never heard it called that. You never heard it called the uh, Kentucky Meerschaum? No. Yeah, that's the Kentucky Meerschaum is the corncob pipe. And you pick those up for 4 or $5, you know, at any gas station. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a fun pipe. The little corncob yeah. pipe's a fun pipe. It's, it's always something interesting and nostalgic to get to. Oh, yeah. But this is a cigar podcast. So I want to talk about a topic here. Let's talk about choosing a good cigar. Okay. Now, we both have very evolved palates. I'd say I have, so, yeah. I have a tremendous amount of time invested in my palate. Let's lay the palate to the side. Okay. Let's say that you're going to choose a cigar, and you're going to choose it on the construction and what you can guess about the cigar without ever lighting it. All right. So what are your concerns? Uh, I'm a squeezer. I know there's there's a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> I, I know there's a, there's some... There's some contention in the industry about whether or not you should squeeze the cigar. But so often, too tight a draw is the number one deal breaker for me with a cigar. So I'm usually going to give it a little bit of a squeeze when I pick it up and make sure that I don't feel any tight spots. So you're going to kind of massage the cigar and see... Just ever so slightly. Especially if I'm in an unknown humidor where it might be a little dry. You know, and I, I can't just... You know, a shop like this, I know I can trust anything in that humidor. But some of your smaller shops or if you just happen to be on the wrong side of town and all you can find is a discount tobacco store with a humidor the size of a closet then, yeah, I'm going to be a little more concerned about how well those are maintained, and then I'm going to get the squeeze test. First thing I'm going to consider is I'm going to consider the size. The size of the cigar, um, I have a fall fallback size. My my go-to size is always going to be Churchill. Mm-hmm. And I imagine, I bet yours is Toro. It is absolutely Toro. But In I'm fact, always- I will choose a Toro. If I'm choosing between two cigars and I want cigar A slightly more than I want cigar B, but cigar B is in a Toro and A is not, I will go with cigar B. Yeah, I can understand that. And I'm like, in the same scenario, I'm probably going to go with the Churchill. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the feel of the Churchill. I like the roundness. I know that's going to be about an hour, hour 15 smoke for me for most Churchills. Mm-hmm. Rarely will I finish a Churchill in under an hour. Right. And and that's you being a very fast smoker as well. I'd say for most people, Churchill's at least an hour and a half. 
Yeah, Churchill's probably, I'd, I'd probably smoke it a little hotter. Have you noticed that most Churchill's these days are box press? I can't tell you the last time I saw a round Churchill. You kind of have to look for them. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's just the way the industry's going or if it's just what I've been noticing and what I've been smoking. But most of the Churchill's I've come across lately have all been box pressed. Well, after you've chosen the size of your cigar, the next thing I'm going to do, we touched on it last week with Jonathan. I'm going to give the wrapper a good hard looking. And what I'm looking for, I'm looking for veins standing out first and foremost. I'm inspecting the cap. I kind of like the cap to blend. I don't want the cap to be too profound or uneven. Mm -hmm. I want the cap to stand out. You're just digging the knife now at this point, aren't you? That's right. I just... (laughs) Just pouring salt in the wound. Um, I don't. I want the cap to be of good construction. It don't have to be a triple cap. You know, you hear guys all the time talk about the triple cap. I don't see as that's any better than a than a well made single cap. No, I don't think so either. I think it's just one of those buzzwords that a couple of people have glommed onto, and then it just kind of lives on for that reason. Cuban seed. Right. One of the things that I look for when we're talking about the actual ins- visual inspection of the cigar is you look about halfway up where you can see the leaf overlapping from where it's been wrapped down the the bias, is I look for gaps. In in well-constructed cigars, you're not going to see. It's going to almost blend together, and you're going to have to kind of look for it. But on some of your poorer-constructed cigars, you'll see gaps in various spots on that. And that means that the, the roller didn't quite get it get it laying just right when they rolled it. And that's a pretty good indication, for me at least, of, of how well that cigar is made. Well, and strange humidor, strange cigars, not going with something, you know, Drew Estate that I know is going to be there going with strange humidor, strange cigars. I'm going to look at that wrapper because I don't want it to be too pronounced. To me, that's the sign of a poorly rolled cigar if that wrapper is really, if you can look at it from five foot away and tell which direction it's rolled. Right, Exactly. Yeah, it should it should all fairly you should have to look for it to see the edge of the leaf when it rolls back on itself. And then I'm also going to check the sheen. We spoke about it. I want to be sure that that sheen is shiny, that it's still got plenty of oil in it, especially like you're talking about on the wrong end of town in a discount humidor somewhere, which ironically I've found some very good cigars. As have I. Now, I had to do a little um emergency resuscitation on them. I bought a couple that I had to take and just, you know, put in the humidor and let them rehydrate Mm -hmm. and things like that. But I do kind of look at the sheen of the wrapper. The sheen of the wrapper means a lot to me. See, I look for something slightly different, which is, let's, let's say in this scenario that you walk into a humidor that has 50 boxes and none of them have labels. Let's say they're all just completely naked. One of the things I'm going to look for so I guess going to the whole of like you, none of the cigars that you're familiar with, for knowing my palate, even though we were supposed to be putting that aside, I like a wrapper with a little bit of tooth to it. I look for one that doesn't have that sanded polished look. That tends to be your Connecticut Broadleafs, your Maduros, things that have a little bit more flavor. And, and so for me, that's one of those things that I look for. So I have a question for you. I also look to be sure that it's a even color. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be unless it's unless you know, it's a barber pole, right? Unless, it, <laughs> unless it's made, you know, 
made to have a cap a different color than what the rest of the cigar is. Right. I'm going to look for a nice, even color through it. Because, again, I think that's a sign of a quality cigar. No, absolutely. I mean, that's going to go to the, the quality of the fermentation and the curing process. Um, if I'm in a humidor and I'm looking at the house blend, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. You know, when we were in Vegas and we were at Enfuego and they, they have their house blend that they actually roll right there in the shop. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions do you ask them when choosing which of those you're going to choose? I usually just ask for the recipe. You know, what's it made out of? Where does it come from? That sort of thing. Again, you know, I, I, unfortunately for this discussion, is I know too much. And so I, I know what I'm going to like based on what I hear. In general, though, anything that's a puro or pretty close to it, you know, if someone says, oh, it's all Nicaraguan, all Dominican, that's usually a pretty good sign that the person who runs the shop that ha- that, that tasted the blend and stuff like that at least was trying to accomplish something. Well, it also allots for a lower margin of error. Mm-hmm. You know, the margin of error in a Puro is a lot smaller than if you're mixing six different kinds of tobacco. Exactly. Um, do you ever ask about long filler, or you do just assume a premium cigar is going to be long filler? I just assume, uh, you know, most of your brick-and-mortar shops are going to be of a certain tier. And then when you start talking about brick-and-mortar shops that take the time and investment to bring in their own house cigar, you can pretty much guarantee that they know what they're doing, and they're going after a premium product. So long filler is not one of those things that I'm ever... I mean, and I, I smoke a fair amount of short filler cigars, and I'm fine with that. You know, that's not one of those things that makes or breaks a cigar for me. Well, in the short filler cigar, the Cuban sandwich, mm-hmm. where they kind of mix the long filler and the short filler... Um, you know, if you're in a strange shop and you're looking to try to to get a cigar just out of the area, you really want to you want to you don't want to spend a fortune, right? You know, rarely ever will I walk in and buy a house blend and it be the most expensive house blend selection he has. Yeah, exactly. But hope that helps. That's a little information on choosing a cigar. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about things we've never said while smoking a cigar. We teased this about two weeks ago. I've got a list. I'm interested to talk about that and actually discuss that. I'm going to have to bring up our text thread, thread from the other day when you brought this up to me. There were some good ones in there, but we'll talk about that and more after this. Shane here on the Cigar Under 8. I'd like to talk of the La Roma de Cuba El Jefe. This is a great cigar. It's a 7 by 58. This is a big cigar. It is a big cigar. Obviously, as the name would indicate with El Jefe, it is a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper with Nicaraguan binder and filler. Made in the Ashton factory. It is. It mm. says made, it says strength medium to full, but I'm going to say it's a it's a hard medium or a light full. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the exact same. Um, it's not a first-time cigar smoker cigar, even though the price point would indicate. Exactly. But on, along those terms, if you if you are looking for something in the same line, the La, La, La Roma de Cuba Mi Amor 
is a little bit lighter in body at around the same price point, I think. Yeah, right about the same price point. Low Aroma de Cuba does a lot of great cigars. They really do. Their whole line is a is a winner. But the El Jefe is one of my favorites. I know it's going to be an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes smoke for me. And for that, for less than $8, you can't beat that. Try the La Aroma de Cuba El Jefe. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting with Trey. Welcome back, everybody. This Florida sun-grown is coming alive. You know, when I first was about a half an inch into it, I said it doesn't seem to be as strong. Changing your opinion on that now? Yeah, in true Willie Herrera fashion, the complexity has come alive as I have been. I'm about halfway down now. As I've been smoking it, it's really coming alive. I'm smoking on a dirty palate tonight, so I wonder. I'll have to have another one one day when I'm on a completely fresh palate. Yeah. When this is my first cigar of the night. But um, really starting to come alive. I'm starting to, I've just hit that real Florida sun-grown flavor that just tastes like tobacco. Tastes yeah. like, you know, um, I don't know. Did you ever work any in tobacco when you were growing up? No. A very, very minor time I spent doing that because anybody any young man that grew up in the south at the time I grew up at some point or another hauled hay or worked a little tobacco right I was it on was, the hay side of things you were on the hay side of things it is the, the preferred southern tradition it's kind of a, almost a rite of passage oh absolutely that a farmer comes to your father and says hey I need somebody to throw well I got a boy I'll send him <laughs> over there and you find yourself spending an afternoon in a 180-degree temperature of 1,000% humidity tossing hay bales. With, and you itch for three weeks. Oh, yeah. You never get it off. You know. But this tastes like that tobacco barn smelled. Oh, yeah. You kind of get that, that American tobacco flavor. You know, we talk about Nicaraguan. We talk about Dominican. You get that American tobacco flavor. It's really, really getting good to me. Is the DNA just as consistent as ever? Yeah. We're in that sweet spot of the cigar now where it it tastes cool. Like, to draw it, it, it it's you don't taste warmth. It, it's very cool in flavor. And uh, I've got a, probably another inch or so before it's going to turn itself back up. Well, and that Dominican tobacco is so savory yeah. and so full of, of just flavor. It's just, it's, it's a great cigar. It really is. We can't say enough good, but... Speaking of great cigars, I do want to touch on one more cigar tonight. All right. A great story in my life is GTO Cigars. Okay. For a couple of years, I would go down to Madison at the anniversary events, and Oscar would be sitting there with GTO Cigars. And he would always offer me something, and I would always buy a couple, but never really fell in love with them. But he's such an outstanding guy that I really wanted to. And finally, I picked up his Solomon, and it hits all the sweet spots on my palate. That's a good Solomon. Oh, it's outstanding. A friend of mine brought me one um, at wrestling one night, and I smoked it. And then the next time I seen Oscar, I bought several of them because I was like, yeah, this is, this is the cigar you blend to my palate. Well, he's release, releasing a new cigar, the Corona del CIBAO, Sabao. I have no idea. We'll call it Corona del Sabal. Um, and the box is 
half Maduro, half Connecticut. I saw this about a week ago, I think. They're uh, 6x54 Toro. They only come in one size. I'm always a fan a of cigar. that. Yeah, always a fan of just one size. I am. And, you know, hey, cigar companies, let's not get greedy. <laughs> let's release one size, and then if six months later... When market slows down a little, you want to throw another size out there for us? I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, you don't have to release eight sizes of each blend when you're a brand new company. Yeah, when you're coming out in GTO. Because the Corona's just never going to sell. Let's just face it. Yeah. Well, and GTO is such a a a boutique company. Mm -hmm. I mean, a truly boutique in the... That generally when you buy one, you've met the owner. You've met Oscar actually sitting there talking to him. Oh, yeah. Um, Such a great guy. Uh, great cigar. He won me over. I will say he has won me over to GTO Cigars, and I'm very excited about this new release for him. Next time they have an event down there, I'll probably drive down there just to spend a little time with him and tell him, you know, tell him that what he's doing is really worth it. It's it's important to find out that the work you're doing is worthwhile. Excellent. And also, I wanted to touch on that real quick, but now. Let's talk about things we have never said while holding a cigar. The the moment of holding a cigar for me, I've usually got all my work done for the day. I rarely ever shoehorn a cigar in in the middle of the day. Right. I'm usually relaxing either here with my friends or on the back porch at the house of my wife, playing a little video poker, petting the Labrador, enjoying the cigar. And there's things that I have never said during that time. I'm curious as to what brought this thought on. There had to be a moment of, you know, telling Ace to get that out of your mouth or don't lick there or some. There had to be some moment. Well, you know, you always find yourself saying things that you say, boy, I didn't think I would say that phrase today. Right. And then I thought, well, what would, what have I never said while holding a cigar? Number one thing I have never said while holding a cigar. Pardon me. I have work to do. <laughs> That Those is, words have never escaped my lips. See, I can't, I can't say the same. I, I find working with a cigar to be very relaxing and focusing. But So there have been many times, especially here, you know, a lot of times I'll bring my computer in, I'll sit at the bar, and I'll just knock some stuff out. And there are a few people in here that kind of have learned, like, nope, no, he's, he's in on something. Well, and just a real quick, that is basic cigar etiquette. Right. But if they've got the shields up, let, yeah. let, them, let them cruise. But cigar smoking is much more of a destination for you than it is for me. So I can kind of see that different. I remember you a couple of weeks ago, you brought this topic up. And my first thought was, I'll have a Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's never been uttered in a cigar lounge. No, I don't think so. Or at least not in the kind of cigar lounges I hang out in. Right. <laughs> and I'll, another one. She's going to get the rose. (laughs) (laughs) You've never really heard that one uttered. Really, really any commentary on reality TV, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know this Outside of wrestling. This is going to surprise the the listeners out there, but we as the Brain Trust have never gathered together to watch The Bachelor. Right. (laughs) And have a cigar. Now, The Bachelor... No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) But along those lines, I was thinking about this. I was like, the words to any ABBA song. I don't think... (laughs) I don't think... I don't think that's... Cigar time. I I think those two things are maybe mutually exclusive. Yeah, I do too. You know, we're not going to sit down. You know, occasionally, 
we have Cigar Cinema where we sit around here and we'll get a movie. The last movie we showed was Roadhouse. Yeah, we used to do Bad Movie Sundays. Yeah, we, yeah, that was that was kind of a tradition. We probably need to come back to that we as did. it gets colder. We we had one guy in particular though that took that a little too far, and started bringing these weird Japanese movies with like Dutch subtitles translated into English. It was very strange. There, there's there's always one, right? And I'll also that's not socially responsible. That's never. Never that sounds them. like something you maybe not that exact phrase, but that does sound like something you would say while smoking a cigar. No. N- now is not the time or place. That's true. You know that th- those two things kind of go hand in hand. Uh, the way the way I hear it, that's kind of what I think when you say that. And I'll um, a contributor, Sean, who actually works here at the cigar shop. I did an informal poll. I walked around the cigar shop. And well, asked, you never do anything in a vacuum. That yeah. I've kind of walked around and asked people, hey, tell me something you've never said while holding a cigar. Does this suit make my butt look big? <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, it, and a matter of fact, if one of my buddies said that while lighting a cigar, I may take his cigar away. Yeah, I think you might have to. I was like, give me that cigar. You're, you're no longer worthy of that cigar. Go, go get a Gurkha. So <laughs> now accepting sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> Sean's contribution... Let's get started on that honeydew list. Because <laughs> that, that tends to be something. The honeydew list, the legendary honeydew list. Yeah. Never considered it while I'm smoking my cigar. That seems to be the furthest thing from my mind. Well, I think that also happens to be because you're not, because you smoke cigars with your wife, you're never escaping. That's true. Most, most of my escapes tend to, to go with her. And all, we tend to escape together. That's one of the wonderful things about being married. And all, um, Alex, dear friend of ours, that's listener, one of our three listeners to the podcast. And I guess I would rank Alex as our number one. Would he be our number one of the three? I would say so. I don't know number number two, number three. Please message us and let us know. But <laughs> Alex, and the phone comes out furiously. <laughs> And Alex, I think our studio audience took a little offense to that. She may have. Well, she doesn't <laughs> message me a couple of times a week. I talk to Alex a couple of times a week. That's true. I think I, I, think I pick up the slack on that one. You probably do. But Alex's contribution was pass me a Gurkha. <laughs> Hard on Gurkha tonight. Yeah, apparently so. Did they, like, did, did they hurt you? I'm just not a Gurkha guy. Show I've me on the cigar where the, where the Gurkha hurts you. <laughs> I've, I've just never really thought Gurkha would match my palate. I've never found a Gurkha I liked. Just the one cigar brand that I can say across the board, because generally in any cigar brand, I can look until I find something that kind of matches my palate and kind of work with that. Yeah. And I'll have you any further contributions? I don't. You don't? Do you? Uh, you've had three weeks. I know, and I, I, I came up with just as many as you did. Okay. Well, moving forward. <laughs> move, moving forward into the cigars. Um, the Florida Sun Grown is excellent. It's really come alive for me. It's really been great. I absolutely have enjoyed it. Um, just to kind of summarize... 
please go to the cigaraction.org and sign up on the mailing list. I'm, I've hit that a couple of times, but yeah. it's really important to me. And it's a great resource. Well, the only way we're going to fight the busybodies for a boring America council is this way. It's true. I mean, it, the people that want to tell us what we should and shouldn't do. Yeah, and we talked about it last week, too. You know, this is a good way to give consumers. The consumers have all the power, but you've got to use it. And this is a great way to get your voice heard. So, lastly tonight, we have, we've hinted to this, but we've never talked about this. What's the worst piece of cigar advice you have ever received? Oh, that one's going to take me a minute. I think it's sniffing cigars for me. Really? I, guys, all the time, I've never pulled a cigar out and gave it a good sniff and it been any indication of how good the cigar was to me. I disagree. Uh, there was a, a batch of a particular cigar that we got in the Atlanta shop at one point that smelled like the fertilizer that was used on the plant. And you could smell it. It smelled just like cow crap. And... So I smoked one anyway, and wouldn't you know, it smelled, it tasted just like it smelled. Was it a Gurkha? No, it was not. But um, it was just, it was one of those. So I, I disagree. Now, I don't think you're going to get much out of the smell. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to blind taste or to blind identify a cigar based on smell. But I do think it, if something's a little off, that ammonia smell from a cigar that's too young, you, you can tell that from the smell of the cigar. Well, I just, that's, nev- that's never been, you know, we talked about choosing the right cigar earlier, and that's one of the things that I purposely pointed at, never do. I just, I'm not a cigar sniffer. It's not, <laughs> I may be a cigar massager, I may be a cigar smoker, but I will never be a cigar sniffer. I will tell you one is, is I've heard a lot of people talk about putting cigars in the refrigerator. That is one that I've heard a few times you know, if you don't have a humidor at the at the house or whatever, and you just want to keep it, and it's, it's someone says, "Oh, just just throw them in your in your fridge; they'll be fine." No. Is there a place for that? Say you have a cigar that's a little wet, and you want to dry them out. You know, if you have a cigar that the draw in that particular box has not been graded. I say this because it's actually happened the other night here at the shop. A guy said he had got a box of cigars that did not draw well; that they just felt like they were too wet. And I said, why don't you put one in your refrigerator in a Ziploc bag, seal it up, put it in your refrigerator for an hour before you smoke it, because that will dry them out. I guess more to the point, I'm thinking of people talking about that uh, for storage. So, I mean, what you're talking about, I've never done that personally, so I can't really speak to whether or not it works or or, or how good a job it does at it. Uh, But I will say that... What I've heard most often is if you don't have a humidor at home, just throw them in the fridge. It's just as good, and it and it's not. But if you do, again, Ziploc bag them. You don't want them to taste like your pomegranates and artichokes that you happen to have sitting in the vegetable crisper when you lay your cigars in there. Right. And all if all else fails. But let's kind of wrap it up for the night. We've had we had a big show last week that we ran a little bit over, so I think we'll probably run a little light tonight. That's fine. Let's just wrap it up. How can they get a hold of us? Uh, on Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast. You can also find us at uh, Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast. And drop us a line via email. Uh, we, we mentioned last week when we had Jonathan on the show that we're going to have him back in about six months. This is a guy who's going out to be a rep for the, for the first time in his career. 
And for any of you that have kind of questions about what, what it's like to be a rep or anything that we, you want us to ask him next time we have him on the show, drop us a line, info at thecigarcast.com, and we'll ask those on the air next time we have him on. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and have a good cigar, and thank well of us. 